and some of the girls. And we were joking, a small group, we were getting some comments that, you know, obviously it'd be sin if I was living with Sarah before I was married, but people were wondering, is it sin if you live with Sarah's things before you're married? So we were kind of debating this at small group, and I was getting a hard time. And so Sarah told me we could kind of see how things go, you know. If I don't get along with her things, maybe it's not a good sign to actually marry her. If I can't even live with her stuff in the house. So we're going to see how it goes this month. And, uh, you know, all pressing ahead, we're going to get married on the 30th here. So nothing attacked me last night or anything. So that was some of the things. So that was good. But anyway, there's that. But we got, there's a number of people moving yesterday and had a good time. I think it was good to get the, the muscles going again. A lot of people were helping, and so I was blessed to have some help and a lot of the gals. But anywho, we're going to get back into Acts today. I'm excited to keep plugging along in Acts. Uh, we've been in there a while. It's uh, kind of a long book. We're on chapter 15 today. Uh, why don't I pray, and then we can look at the Word a little here. God, we thank you for this morning. God, we do thank you for the chance to come together. God, we we want to bless you. We just remember, God, that you, uh, you've really blessed us as a people. God, you've given us yourself. You've given us your spirit. We're thankful to be your children, to be called a church called according to your name this morning. Um, we just pray you really redeem the next few minutes here. God, teach us from your word and help us obey it. Uh, we just pray you'd really speak. I don't have, there's not a lot of benefit of me speaking without you, Lord. We just pray you'd speak to each one of our hearts and help us apply things from Acts to our lives this morning. Amen. Alrighty. If you want to open up your Bible to Acts 15, on page 1094, we're going to get back in here. It's, um,. Kind of a dauntingly long chapter, but we'll just take a few points along the way there and be on our way. So we'll start just by reading through it. So we're in Acts 15. So some men came down from Judea to Antioch and were teaching the brothers, unless you are circumcised according to the custom taught by Moses, you cannot be saved. This brought Paul and Barnabas into a sharp dispute and debate with them. So Paul and Barnabas were appointed, along with some of the believers, to go up to Jerusalem to see the apostles and elders about this question. The church sent them on their way, and as they traveled through Phoenicia and Samaria, they told how the Gentiles had been converted. This news made all the brothers very glad. When they came to Jerusalem, they were welcomed by the church and the apostles and the elders, to whom they reported everything. God had done through them. Then some of the believers who belonged to the party of the Pharisees stood up and said, The Gentiles must be circumcised and required to obey the law of Moses. The apostles and elders met to consider this question. After much discussion, Peter got up and addressed them. Brothers, you know that some time ago God made a choice among you that the Gentiles might hear from my lips the message of the gospel and believe. God, who knows the heart, showed that he accepted them by giving the Holy Spirit to them just as he did to us. He made no distinction between us and them, for he purified their hearts by faith. Now then, why do you try to test God by putting on the necks 
of the disciples a yoke that neither we nor our fathers have been able to bear. No, we believe it is through the grace of the Lord Jesus that we are saved, just as they are. The whole assembly became silent as they listened to Barnabas and Paul telling about the miraculous signs and wonders that God had done among the Gentiles through them. When they finished, James spoke up. Brothers, listen to me. Simon has described to us how God first showed his concern by taking from the Gentiles a people for himself. The word of the prophets are in agreement with this, that it is written, After this I will return and rebuild David's fallen tent. Its ruins I will rebuild, and I will restore it, that the remnant of men may seek the Lord, and all the Gentiles who bear my name, says the Lord who does these things that have been known for ages. It is my judgment, therefore, that we should not make it difficult for the Gentiles who are turning to God. Instead, we should write to them, telling them to abstain from food polluted by idols, from sexual immorality, from the meat of strangled animals, and from blood. For Moses has been preached in every city from the earliest times and is read in the synagogue on every Sabbath. Then the apostles and elders with the whole church decided to choose some of their own men and send them to Antioch with Paul and Barnabas. They chose Judas, called Barsabbas, and Silas, two men who were leaders among the brothers. With them they sent the following letter. The apostles and elders, your brothers, to the Gentile believers in Antioch, Syria, and Cilicia. Greetings. We have heard that some went out from us without our authorization and disturbed you. Trouble your minds by what they said. So we all agreed to choose some men and send them to you with our dear friends Barnabas and Paul, men who have risked their lives for the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, we are sending Judas and Silas to confirm by the word of mouth what we are writing. It seemed good to the Holy Spirit and to us not to burden you with anything beyond the following requirements. You abstain from food sacrificed to idols, from blood, from the meat of strangled animals, and from sexual immorality. You will do well to avoid these things. Farewell. The men were sent off and went down to Antioch, where they gathered the church together and delivered the letter. The people read it and were glad for its encouraging message. Judas and Silas, who themselves were prophets, said much to encourage and strengthen the brothers. After spending some time there, they were sent off by the brothers with a blessing of peace to return to those who had sent them. But Paul and Barnabas remained in Antioch, where they and many others taught and preached the word of the Lord. Sometime later, Paul said to Barnabas, Let us go back and visit the brothers in all the towns where we preached the word of the Lord and see how they are doing. Barnabas wanted to take John, also called Mark, with him. But Paul did not think it wise to take him because he had deserted them in Pamphylia and had not continued with them in the work. He had such a sharp disagreement that they parted company. Barnabas took Mark and sailed for Cyprus. But Paul chose Silas and left, commended by the brothers to the grace of the Lord. He went through Syria and Cilicia, strengthening the churches. We got a mouthful there, huh? Well, that's a big chunk, but I'm hoping we can look at a couple things in there that we can take home with us to look at. So a lot of the chapter comes down to the fact that the church in Antioch is kind of arguing over whether the Gentile believers should have to practice the same laws as the Jewish believers and some of the Jewish laws passed down, which sounds familiar. As I think they've argued about this before in some churches. And so Paul and Barnabas are arguing with them. And I think... 
just an example of, I don't think we're going to look so much at that issue should the Gentiles and have to follow Jewish laws we would generally agree that they don't have to and follow what the apostles came up with there but we're going to look just a little at how they dealt with some of the conflict in here and some of the, the things they they did to pursue peace in that church and maybe take some action points that we can go home with to emulate their example so um, so in chapter at the start of chapter 15 here verse 2 it says this brought Paul and Barnabas into sharp dispute and debate with them so Paul and Barnabas were appointed along with some other believers to go up to Jerusalem and see the apostles and elders about this question so what I was encouraged with is they're having this dispute and so you've got Paul and Barnabas who are leaders and helped start a lot of these churches and they're kind of arguing with the church and I like the fact in that that Paul and Barnabas humbled themselves and, and took the commission by the church and went and got counsel from the apostles I think it I look at that situation and gone it would have been pretty easy to go you know who I am? I'm Paul okay let's get over with this argument but I was encouraged with the fact that Paul humbled himself and went and got counsel and the, the first point here is that we need to humble ourselves and seek counsel and so that's an action step we can take today and this week that we want to be men and women that seek counsel I think one way maybe on a, a church level of pastors we did this is a little, a little while back there was a situation where we were um, we were praying about um, a brother that maybe needed some counsel or encouragement from the word in our church and we kind of had a disagreement about how we should proceed should we share a verse with them should we encourage them more strongly should there be discipline and so we had some different views from different pastors and we were praying about it and so um, we, we went to a situation where we said well instead of continuing to just argue about this and see who gets who ways we, we actually said why don't we get some counsel and see if there's someone that could help us so in a similar situation we went and talked to, to Rick Whitney who's kind of helps us on a regional level and we went and got counsel and, and some help to shed some light so the church we tried to do a similar thing as this to say you know we don't need to argue and debate it out till it's done but it's okay to say let's have another brother take a look into our situation and, and shed some light I think it's kind of a, a church level I think on a personal level something I talked about how I'm getting married this month one area where I've gotten had to get a lot of counsel in the last year here was about pursuing Sarah in a relationship that led to marriage and so there's a couple ways I could have gone about that but God really put on my heart that I need to seek counsel and get green lights about that so I could have just went and talked to her and asked her to date and I don't know if she would have said yes if I wouldn't have gotten counsel. I hope she wouldn't have because she would have been out of line. But um, So in that I said, I think this is where God's leading. And so I went and I talked to my co-pastors and I said, this is where I think I see God leading about pursuing Sarah to start a relationship. But I want to I bring it into the light and, and have another pair of eyes look at it and get counsel on it. And so I was hoping they'd see the exact same thing I did and say, let's go talk to her this week and we can get on with it. And it sort of went that way. So that's great. I think we see God leading the same way. And kind of the counsel I got was, seems like in another two months at the end of the summer might be better than now. So there's a way that I went, ooh, the counsel that wasn't what I wanted exactly but I you know waited and and used some counsel and then eventually before I even talked to her I went again and 
got some counsel from her father and some permission to, to pursue her. I wanted to have him on board as well. So I thought, well, I should go, uh, you know, ask for counsel and see if he saw the same thing. And, and he was okay with me teaching her. And so eventually we got a green light there. I got a green light from some of my brothers and I went and talked to her. But I think God really blessed in that whole situation that, that went well because I took time to, to seek counsel and, um, and God blesses us when we take that example and humble ourselves and, and seek counsel. I think one verse you could write down with that is uh, Proverbs 12:15. I can just read it real quick. You don't need to turn there, but um, it says, "The way of a fool seems right to him, but a wise man listens to advice." Um, and it's just that idea that I think we always think we're right. I know it's in my heart that I'm always right. I don't really need counsel, right? But God has a way of other people's eyes looking in our lives and seems to help us. So I think just a good action point there is to be humbling ourselves and realizing that God might want to use other people to seeking counsel, whether it's a, one of your small group leaders or a pastor or you know even talking to your spouse to ask their counsel or... Um, I think God's blessed when we seek counsel of other people. And the next thing we're going to look at is that, um, you know, the first thing is that they humble themselves and go to get counsel. And obviously in the midst of here, it talks about even among when they go to the apostles in this church, there's some debate going on from both sides about um, some of the Pharisees stood up and kind of got angry and the apostles thought one way. And I thought there's a few very telling phrases in here about how they went about um, making a decision. I think two things that stood out to me is one was in verse, they write this letter back, and in verse, um, where did it go? Verse 25, it says, writing back and it says, So we all agreed to choose some of the men. That phrase, so we all agree, um, New American would say, having become of one mind. The first thing is that, I mean, the example I see with that is that they waited until they had a piece together to make a decision, that they all came to the same place. And then in verse 28, they use this phrase too. It says, It seemed good to the Holy Spirit and to us not to burden you with anything beyond the following requirements. So they make a decision that, okay, we probably don't need to have the Gentiles follow all these Jewish practices. But what I was encouraged with is when they're making that decision, they really slowed down, hit the brakes, and say, let's wait and pray about it until we all become of one mind, that we all agree that this is where God's leading. And they have such a confidence with that that they say, for it seemed good to the Holy Spirit. I think sometimes when I make a decision or someone seeks me for counsel, a lot of times I can say, for it seemed good to Brad. But it takes a lot of time when we're praying about it that we can have a confidence to say, for it seems good to the Holy Spirit. Um, so that the action point up here is that we need to wait for God in prayer. I said, wait for God in prayer and making your next big decision. And I was encouraged with the fact that they could have made this decision a lot quicker if they didn't get the confidence that that's what the Holy Spirit wanted them to do and if they didn't become of one mind. But God was blessed and really blessed the church in this situation and that they took the time to do that. That they waited in God in prayer to become confident of how He was leading. I think one, one situation I was thinking about 
that we did this um, this kind of things we were praying about as pastors that we really wanted to wait on God in, in prayer is we sent a uh, a team out to help start a church in Kansas a little while back uh, last year and leading up to it we were praying about who all should go on that team and who should stay and so we ended up sending Rick and Joy and Ryan and Adrian a few of the gals there and so we were having some discussions on should we send this team who should we send in this team and um, there was some disagreement between us as we were praying about it of well, should we send all of those gals with them? Should we send some of them? Should we send none of them? Should we send some brothers with them? And, and there were some differing opinions between all of us. And it would have been, I think our flesh would have wanted on an easier note to just start talking louder until one of us, everyone else agreed with us because each of us probably thought we were right. But we just kind of slowed down and waited a few months and praying until we did have something we could say that we were of one mind on the issue and that something that it seemed good to the Spirit in. So we kept praying about it and seeking counsel and didn't go forward with it until all of us agreed on one thing. So eventually we were praying about it and um, we came to a place where all of us kind of saw, you know, I think God's leading in that we send all three of those gals and Rick out and God's really going to still bless the firehouse with the gals here. And so through time we did become of one mind and then it was easy for us to lay hands on them and send them out and be confident together that we had waited on God and we got verses from them and we had a peace and we all had an agreement as pastors and had become of one mind and that we could send them out with confidence to know that it was his leading so even in our own decisions I, I just encourage you and I'm praying about this too going forward is that Sometimes we need to slow down and and be able to wait on God when we're making our big decisions and wait for Him to come through in prayer and come through in verses and and have a confidence that that's how God's leading. It's not just what I think is good for me, but this is how God wants to lead and um, so that we can have confidence in our decisions just like the apostles did there. So the last part of this chapter I wanted to look at was at the end of it it talks about um, Paul and Barnabas so I'll just read from 36 on again review a little bit it says sometime later Paul said to Barnabas let us go back and visit the brothers in all the towns where we preach the word of the Lord and see how they are doing Barnabas wanted to take John also called Mark with them but Paul did not think it wise to take him because he had deserted them in Pamphylia and had not continued with them in the work they had such a sharp disagreement that they parted company Barnabas took Mark and sailed for Cyprus but Paul chose Silas and left commended by the brothers in the grace of the Lord he went through Syria and Cilicia strengthening the churches As you can see here, we just went through this whole section where Paul and Barnabas are humbling themselves and they're going to, to talk to the apostles and, and there's this period where they're all praying together to come to, to one agreement. And then we see this little section. And so Paul and Barnabas are going to go out on this missionary journey and they're kind of squabbling over should we take Mark or not. And instead of making that, that same decision to stop and pray and wait on God about it it says they had a sharp disagreement and then they went on their own way and personally for us so the word doesn't really say 
which one God sided with or which decision was right, I kind of think neither of them were right and that they were both um, very confident that they were right and didn't want to stop and hear the other side. They didn't want to stop and pursue peace. And so they went on their own way. And so I read this, I think both were probably in sin in the situation and, and there's this rift. And I think it's one of these just little black marks on this missionary journey is that they just kind of squabbled and, and went their own way. And I think it's, it's really easy for us to do that too. Is instead of pursuing that peace, to take that same kind of action. Um, So I said we should pray about any relationships that we need to pursue peace in and take appropriate steps to become unified. So you might just pray through. I think it's easy for us to think what I'm passionate about is really important. Someone needs to come to what I think on it and go our own ways like Paul and Barnabas did. But we need to take steps to pursue peace, whether it means asking for forgiveness, it means hearing someone else's side to, to come to an agreement and not make decisions like this. Um, it's that same spirit that leads to churches splitting up, that leads to, to lives and, and ways parting. I think I, I was looking for um, just some reasons that churches should split up, because I think a lot of times can be over big doctrinal issues or it can be over smaller issues as well and I found this one paper that is kind of interesting to me I think talks about how churches do split up and okay it's a little humorous it's called I'll just read this article from the paper it says 47 church splits finally bring doctrinal perfection the small community of Centerville has a population of just over 5,000 people but with a total of 48 Presbyterian churches, they also hold the record for the most number of Presbyterian churches in a small town. The high number of churches has to do with multiple splits that have taken place over the years because of one issue or another. Originally in 1899, only one Presbyterian church existed, simply known as Centerville Presbyterian Church. With about 20 families, the church was at the time the largest in the Centerville area. By 1911, the church had almost grown to 150 members, a considerably large church at that time. But a dispute had arisen amongst the congregation over whether or not the offering should take place before or after the sermon. Thus, the first split took place, with the dissenting congregation forming Centerville Reformed Presbyterian Church. In 1915, a dispute arose amongst the members of Centerville Reformed Presbyterian Church over the issue of the regulative principle of worship. It seemed that some members of CRPC liked the idea of having flowers in the sanctuary, while others objected. As a result, CRPC split, and Trinity Reformed Presbyterian Church of Centerville was organized with 25 members. Several more splits took place over various issues between the years 1915 and 1929. It was in 1931 that another dispute arose amongst the members of 7th Presbyterian Reformed Covenantal Church of Centerville over an issue that no one can quite seem to remember, nor do any records indicate. Suffice to say that approximately half the congregation split away, and nine people formed 3rd Westminster Trinity Covenant Presbyterian Reformed Church of Centerville. Again, more splits took place between 1931 
1975 when a major split took place within the PCUS denomination over the issue of merging with the more liberal PCUSA. At that time, the 11th Westminster Covenant Presbyterian Church of Centerville voted to remain in the PCUS with the merger. Fifteen members broke off and formed St. John's Presbyterian Church. One week later, St. John's Presbyterian Church split over the choice of the name of the church as several members objected using the word saint in the name of a reformed church. Since 1975, several more splits have happened, with the most recent occurring this past weekend, when the dispute arose amongst the members of 2nd Street, 1st, 9th, Westminster, Covenantal Reformed, Presbyterian Church over the issue of the observance of the Lord Day. The issue in question was whether or not it is acceptable for someone to check their email on the Sabbath. Those who objected have now split off and formed the Presbyterian, Totally Reformed, Covenantal, Westminsterian, Sabbatarian, Regulative, Credo-Communist, Amillennial, Pre-Separationist, Church of Centerville. I think we finally have it right now, said Paul Davis, teaching elder at PTRC, WSRCC, APCC. We now have a church with 100% doctrinal purity. PTRC, WSRCC, APCC is hoping to grow and help reach out to the community. We're up to six people on Sundays now, said Davis. I know that numbers are not important, but we're hoping to grow a little more. So that's pretty humorous. But in one way, a lot of churches have split up over pretty humorous issues in that. And a lot of good good men and women in the faith have split up and gone their own way because of issues that are almost as silly as this paper. So I like their example that we need to pursue peace. You know, we might have 80 of us in this room, and we probably think 80 different ways. We have 80 different ways of doing things, and we have 80 different backgrounds and paths we bring into it. But on a serious note, the Lord tells us, I want you to pursue peace and take steps to become unified. Um, I think of one example of recently I was just praying about things in my life where I'd been to a point where there wasn't a lot of peace and, and unity and um, about a summer ago we were going through the summer and we had our we had, uh, I think maybe it was before we were doing these house churches and we had some small groups and so we kind of have the singles doing one thing and the couples doing another and so I was kind of uh, helping with the singles part of things and Jeff and Rich were more on the couple side and they'd gotten a couple weeks behind us and we're doing a, kind of a different things in small groups so without asking a lot of counsel or getting any input I had this great idea I was praying about that we should start this whole new booklet called the Life Now series in the middle of the summer and so without really getting counsel I sent out this whole email about how all the singles are going to do this Life Now series and it's this really long series that's, I don't know 12 weeks long and I had this great plan and so I sent out this email to all the singles and I cc'd Jeff and Rich and uh, they wrote back they had a few thoughts on that and they went I don't remember hearing about any of this it uh, didn't come up at our last pastor's meeting what are you doing Brad? <laughs> and so I my flesh naturally wanted to get a little huffy and say well I think this is a good thing for us to do we should go forward with this but they were right <laughs> I didn't get any counsel on it I didn't really see what they wanted to do or if we should do something together as all the small groups I just kind of went my own way and so my flesh wanted to do a decision kind of like Paul and say, I don't want him along, I'm going. It's kind of my flesh wanted to do, but 
I had to look at the situation and talk to the brothers and, and take some real steps to pursue unity in that. I prayed about it and eventually had to go seek forgiveness, but I didn't first ask for counsel and get on the same page with them. And then there was kind of more action points because we decided maybe we started this, ended up starting this series about three months later in the fall when school started. And so we, we talked about our next meeting and, and decided we should start this in the fall. So now I'd sent out this big email about this grand plan for the summer. And so I had to write out another email to all the saints and to pursue peace and say, I'm sorry, I kind of went on my own here and we're not going to do that and come up with a different plan. And so God brought unity in that situation and brought us together. But it took a lot of um, having to humble myself and admit, boy, I was kind of out on my own and wrong and pursue peace and unity in that. And so it ended up being fine. Within a week, we kind of pursued unity and went on with life. But sometimes we can want to just, and I can too, just want to go off on our own, make my own decisions and not want to have unity with people. Um, but God's standard is that He wants to keep us together, His believers together on a mission. Even as a church, He wants to keep us on a mission. And a lot of it is going to be to stay on a mission together and united. We're going to have to stop, seek humility, and work through some of these issues. Um, so take appropriate steps, sometimes it's real steps, like asking for forgiveness, or doing what somebody else wants to do that you maybe don't want to do, um, admitting we were wrong. So I just encourage you this week to pray if there's any relationships in this room or maybe any extended relationship somewhere else that you need to pursue peace in. That there's maybe a little little conflict or headbutting like I had. And, you know, it doesn't come easy or cheap to then become united again when you get to that place. But there's very real steps that need to happen. So I just encourage you to pray through that and see if there's anyone you need to go talk to this week to not get ourselves in situations like Paul or Barnabas. So that's what I had to share today from Acts 15 there. As a reminder again, next week is Mother's Day. So bring your mother or bring a mother that's you know in your house, possibly your wife. You know, Drag her on to church with you next week. But we encourage you to just bring people with us. It should be a good time. Um, I think there will be a few gifts. I think it should be an encouraging time to mothers. I trust Greg will have a good message for us. So, and then we have the house church meals this week, I think at 1800 or uh, 6 instead of 7 to eat before them. But I will pray and we can be on our way here. God, we do thank you for this morning. God, we just thank you that you have bought this church. God, we thank you for blessing us. We thank you for speaking to us. God, and we uh, want to bless you as well. And, we do pray you'd help us just grow in, in becoming uh, more humble. God, help us grow in being able to ask for counsel and let other people shine into our lives. Help us grow in, in waiting on you, waiting on you to answer in prayer and waiting for you to lead in strength. And help us grow in pursuing peace. Help us grow in admitting we're wrong. Help us grow in asking for forgiveness. Help us grow in being united. And we want to be a church that runs after you together and runs after you hard and uh, that impacts this world for, for your kingdom but we just pray you would help us be humbling ourselves so that it's not really about us we're not the important ones it's, it's your gospel, it's your church it's your message that's important we just pray you'd help us um, really be humbling ourselves and working together in unity as a church
We pray this in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Alrighty, well thank you for joining us. We'll be back here next week.